honestly, yeah, it's it's been a month. <laughs> it vacations have come and gone, much like in that one Green Day song. I'm pretty sure. Wake me uh, up when September ends. Yeah, which it's almost the end of October. So <laughs> great. Uh, that song was about Billy Joe, uh, whatever's Armstrong's dad dying. So you know, yes, <laughs> I'm sure he loves all the jokes. Yeah, I'm sure he really appreciates that. Uh, okay. So we both got on... Oh, hi. Welcome to an Afternoonified Mini. Yo. We're free of the Zodiac. <laughs> You'll never have to hear about him again. Possibly. Probably. No, it, it, we both went on vacation, so uh, we have to give a report Yep. <laughs> about something that we learned on vacation. This week is Emily's turn. Yes. Uh, I went to New Orleans again because uh, I just can't get enough. And that's not sarcastic. It is genuinely my my favorite city in the United States. It's a pretty cool city. It's just the food, like all the food is good. Even like the super touristy pizza spot we went to in the French Quarter was good. Like the food, the vibes, the architecture. Everyone is just it's a cool city. Nice. Yes. Like not even that sarcastic kind of nice that you get like in the Pacific Northwest and the in the Midwest. It's it's like they are genuinely excited that you were there. Mm-hmm. And the coffee is amazing. <sighs> just thinking about it. I miss it. I, I miss just sat home and you're making me want to like leave again. Okay. But anyway, um, so I was in New Orleans over the Friday the 13th weekend. Uh, so we took a uh, Friday the 13th, not specific to the holiday. They just happened to be. We planned it on that day. Um, a Ghosts and Vampires of the French Quarter Tour. Happened to be, or was it that you uh, no, you decided you were going to do your ghost tour on Friday the 13th? I booked it specifically to be on Friday the 13th, but the tour okay. company was not offering, like, this is our Friday the 13th tour, just one that they offer all the time. Gotcha. Did you go to the same place you did last time? West Coast, uh, not West Coast Phantoms, French Quarter Phantoms, and yes, yes, they are amazing. I love them. They don't make their tour guides dress up like fucking pirates and vampires. Um... Uh, <laughs> They give a good history, and they have buy one, get one free hurricanes and souvenir cups at the bar before you leave. <laughs> they are a great tour company, and if anyone goes to New Orleans, I highly recommend uh, yeah. using them. They also have non-spooky tours as well. I, I did their St. Louis number 2 cemetery. They don't offer cemetery tours anymore, but it is also very difficult to get clearance to do cemetery tours. Yeah, I think most of them are just through like the one group that does like takes care of the cemeteries. Yeah, I think they've kind of limited uh, that since since COVID. Um, but the, their vampires and ghosts tour is is very interesting. Um, I knew one of the stories. Uh, we went to the La Lori house. Yeah, obviously that was the like that that was the centerpiece of. The- you can't not go to the La Lori house. Well, here's the thing. Now. As as we're aware, I believe in in something, but not like a specific something. But we were in front of the La Lurie house. Uh, it was the last stop of the tour, and you know he told the story. I listened. I'd heard it before. Nothing was like shocking. Um, Travis had never heard it before, but I mean he'd probably heard me talk about it anyway. Yeah. So so the tour ends. Like we get caught up in a, a parade, and then we go home. Uh- <laughs> We get back to the the Airbnb, and I noticed that I had a high heart rate notification on my watch, Mm -hmm. which is weird, but I'm like, oh, maybe I just didn't see it, because I got a tattoo earlier that day, and it had been a while, so, like, maybe the five minutes when I was being stabbed in the arm with a needle 
may have boosted my heart rate. <laughs> yeah, um, fair. No, it was it was at 7.30, which would have been when we were standing in front of the La Lurie house. And I was like, well, that's weird, because, like, I was just standing there. I was drunk, but, like, uh-huh. you know. Um, and then I told Travis, and he's like, oh, shit, I had a high heart rate notification today, too. It was at 7.30. And then he showed me the little graph, and it was exactly the same as mine, <gasps> which is fucking weird. Spooky. <laughs> So we, and neither of us noticed anything, but it was definitely when we were at the La Lurie house. Um, you got spooked. Yeah. I, I can't explain like why it would be at the same, same time, uh, the same like trajectory of high heart rate. And then I'm just, assuming like, that's just the moment the ghost passed through the both of you to get across the street. Like she's, probably you know, places to be. Probably. Um, and then for the rest of the trip, I woke up between three o'clock and three thirty every single more like night. Mm. Um, which I thought was weird. We also had a black cat, like legit a black cat, cross our path twice <laughs> during the Friday the Thirteenth tour. <laughs> it's like this cat was it was like close to one of the haunted locations as well, so it just feels like this cat was like, "This Theory, is my yeah. day. I'm gonna freak these people the fuck out." That cat is a paid actor. (laughs) Hired by the tour companies. (laughs) So, yeah, it was a great ghost tour. But I'm going to talk specifically about one story that I had never heard before uh, that I thought was really fun and also has some, like, historical, like, genuine context. um, Ooh. Which, yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah. um, So, yeah, we're going to talk about how New Orleans might have brought their alleged vampire problem on on themselves. (laughs) Uh, and I'm not talking about how they let Anne Rice buy real estate in the <laughs> in in the city. Um, and they also let Nic- Nicholas Cage buy real estate in the city, which may have also contributed to the vampire problem. I mean, but <laughs> um, have he you is seen Immortal? It's true. Have you seen Renfield? I haven't seen any movies, Emily. Uh, it's it, so it, bad it, at seeing things. It's set in New Orleans, um, but Nicolas Cage does play Count Dracula, and it's it's actually one of the best movies that's come out this year. Aquafina's a cop. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's great. I loved it. Um, ben Ben Schwartz is ugh, I love Ben Schwartz, but I love Ben Schwartz as like a terrible person even more. Oh yeah, that's that's a sweet spot. Uh, like with tattoos and just like in his Sonic the Hedgehog voice, like saying terrible swears. It's <laughs> Uh, so, like, art. hardcore jean Ralphio. Yeah, but if he, like, worked for a gang. Fair. Um, anyway. <laughs> We're gonna talk about the casting. Are you gonna tell me the story? Or oh, what? my God, no. <laughs> no, we haven't talked in a while. I'm catching up. I didn't even tell you about Omzi last night. We saw laser stranger things. Ooh, and sloths. And sloths. The they sloth. have an honest-to-God sloth at zombie, er, zombies. Oh, my at God. Zombies. At Omzi. Anyway, so we're gonna talk about the casket girls. It's it's casquette, like French, but co- colloquially, it's spelled ah. casket, like ah, in the like Cajun kind of way. Yeah, casquette. another Ooh. sidebar. We we took a swamp tour, and the uh, tour guide was like a five foot three Cajun man, and I cannot recommend that experience enough. <laughs> it was like being driven through the bayou by uh, a character from Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. <laughs> okay, so the. The Fille a la Casquette, just forget all of my French, uh, which translates to women with suitcases, <laughs> uh, traveled to French colonies in America during the 1700s. Um, they arrived in the New World with a trunk, or 
cassette containing their belongings. And the word cassette morphed into casket over time, and that translated to casket. So, casket girls. It's a little game of telephone we're playing. That's how most words ended up how they are in English. A linguistical telephone, yes. <laughs> so I don't know if linguistical is a word, but it is now. Linguistic, I believe. <laughs> but linguistical sounds like there's fairies involved. Linguistical makes it sound fun. Or like a pasta. Anyway. It's like, it's a cross between <laughs> linguistic and whimsical. Yeah, it, it's where you get those fun words. Um, so New Orleans, as well as the French settlements in Mobile, Ama- Alabama, and Biloxi, Mississippi, I probably pronounced that wrong, uh, in the 1720s is what we in the business call a real sausage party. <laughs> and not even the good, like, andouille sausage either. <laughs> I say, as is most of the New World, I imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had your respectable, if not ecologically disrespectful, French trappers and, like, traders in the area. Traders, not traitors, um, in the area. But France had also made the questionable choice of sending over people from their prisons in an effort to reduce overcrowding. Kind of like what England did with Australia. Oh, yeah, basically. Uh, so this was an ongoing problem in the new French territories, and subsequently, Catholic priests became concerned that without wives, the future of Christian evangelism evangelism in the french territories were at risk so no women to rein in these fucking men and the priests were like god forbid they like have to be mature and grow up right so the priests were like this is bad all we got over here is some ursuline nuns and um they're doing what they can but we need marrying women basically so th- their solution to the lack of women was apparently asking the French government to send over a couple boatloads of ladies to marry the settlers. <sighs> this, uh, quote, consignment of women traveled to Mobile, Alabama in 1704, and they came on a merchant ship called the Pelican. Oh, delightful name. Uh, therefore, Mo- uh, Mobile affectionately refers to their boat of women as the Pelican Girls. Did you know how big pelicans are? Pelicans are fucking huge. <laughs> I so we had pelicans growing up in my hometown because they would go, um, they'd land near the waterfall, and um, I never got really close to any. But we went to the Bird Museum of Vermont, which is another story. But they had a poster outside the front door, which is like, "What's your wingspan?" And it had a bunch of different birds, and the pelican has a ten foot wingspan. Yeah, pelicans are uh, kind of scary. This is like new information to me. Pelicans are huge, and I am disturbed. This is a really bad tangent. Please continue. <laughs> I was going to d- mention that at the museum, they had like life-size uh, whale sculptures, and um, it was scary. Yeah, whales, whales are big. Um, okay. So uh, some of these pelican girls moved to New Orleans as part of migration to a larger city. Also, I assume New Orleans is a lot more fun to be in than Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> Yeah, generally. Although Mobile, Alabama will um, proudly remind you that they actually held the first Mardi Gras party. <laughs> Who gives a shit? I learned when I went to Mobile, Alabama. Oh, you, you've been to Mobile? I have. One of my friends studied, uh, got her master's in Alabama and Is Auburn. Mobile so like I went a to visit city? Her. Yeah, it's like a city. It's like one picture- of the bigger cities in Alabama, I think. I always pictured it as like a, a town. No, it's a pretty cool city. It's like, it's very much like kind of like a bargain New Orleans, which sounds like kind of dismissive. Like it was a neat city. I enjoyed going there. I like visited. It's like Reno. It's like Reno to New Orleans is Las Vegas. Yeah, but it's got like a lot of the kind of like similar architecture and kind of like style. Okay, French. French bullshit. Okay. 
So anyway, the, the, the second consignment of marriageable women arrived in Biloxi in 1719, and then it was New Orleans' turn. So, yeah, it's nice, right? The, the, the problem is that there weren't really enough virtuous women who wanted a one-way ticket to the New World. Oh, boy, did they make the problem worse? I love this. The women who were exported to these, these towns, um, New Orleans specifically, had been collected from jails, brothels, and poorhouses. Which, <laughs> good Christian women. <laughs> to, to be fair, there is nothing wrong with being in sex work or being poor. The jail's questionable. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they were could be in jail for being, for being poor, poor. Yeah. <laughs> or working in sex work. So, you know. Um, many of the women were rough and unsavory, and they were nowhere near enough of them to meet the demand for wives. Um, a sentence that I can recognize how gross it sounds, but it's also true. So what are you going to do? <laughs> so 1726 rolled around, and the Ursuline nuns arrived in New Orleans, tasked with establishing and providing an orphanage for young girls, along with an education for young women. The women that aren't really, you know... There. 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 There's a handful. It's rumored that King Louis the... What is that? Fifth? Fifteenth. Sorry. Fifteenth. Uh, Louis the Sixteenth's great-grandfather. Okay. That checks out. Uh, so Just to put it in historical context. So he listened to our 80-part series on Marie Antoinette. <laughs> um, so King Louis the Fifteenth took an interest in the next shipment of young girls being sent to the colony. According to legend, uh, he saw girls of quote-unquote virtue had, who had been recruited from French orphanages or convents, and although they were poor, they were guaranteed to be virgins. Gross. Because that's the only mark of a good woman. Yep. That's, it's the one thing. Because you can't act like a cunt and be a, a <laughs> virgin. It just doesn't... No. No. That's our one personality trait, virgin or not. Yep. So likely the girls were the poorest of the poor released from workhouses or similar institutions, which of course meant that they could be packed up and shipped out easily. They didn't have a lot of shit. They didn't have a lot of ties. So so the boat journey that these young women were sent on was supposed to take three months, and it ended up taking five. Oh, dear. So rations were running pretty low, and the women grew thin and gaunt. Uh, There was also the matter of tuberculosis being an issue, as well as the physical changes that went with contracting tuberculosis. Pale skin, sunken in cheeks, just making the starvation worse. You get that red flush in your cheeks from coughing all the time. Very fashionable. Oh, yes. yes. Um, Most of these women also only owned one to two dresses, uh, usually a white dress, as it was going to be the wedding dress that they wore when they arrived in America and found their new husband so that's creepy but also when you consider that tuberculosis makes you cough up blood sometimes it's even worse i can kind of see where this is going yeah yeah (laughs) so essentially what happened was the day that the women were supposed to arrive in new orleans rolled around and men came from all parts of the city to see what the french government had sent them (laughs) gross what they got was a pack of thin, pale, blood-stained women carrying trunks that look like coffins. Honestly, I love that for them. <laughs> the girls, so, not the men. I don't care about the men. <laughs> so needless to say, joy upon their arrival quickly faded and was replaced with um, suspicion. <laughs> uh, some wondered if they had brought vampires over on the ship and had, you know, that had treated the women as a glorified snack, or if... Maybe the women themselves were vampires. Yes. I'm going to write that story. 
a, a vampire that comes over on a boat to New Orleans. Yeah, but like a vampire is on the ship and she's slowly turning all the other women into vampires and then they're let loose in New Orleans. And just Oh, like she's forming an army. Yeah, and they just leave a trail of destruction in their wake. So uh, what was something that people knew? You know, they weren't sure if these were vampires or like what the fuck was happening. But the mortality rate did seem to noticeably rise in New Orleans after the women arrived. Correlation does not equal causation. (laughs) It might have been the tuberculosis. Uh, Yeah. I guess tuberculosis is a little more kind of like slow acting. The climate of New Orleans was notoriously unhealthy at the time. Damp. um, Yeah. How many yellow fever epidemics did they have? Like so many. (laughs) Cholera, all of that shit. And then there was consumption. Um, Epidemics occurred regularly, and corpses refused to stay in the ground on account of how they built the city on a swamp. So the girls were sent to the Ursuline convent, where they would presumably be taught by the nuns and become good Catholic wives like the Lord intended for all women. I'm sure that's exactly what happened. Well, the story goes that the women were never actually seen again. Uh, Likely held captive for their own or other safety in the permanently shuttered third floor of the old Ursuline convent the oldest building in the Mississippi Delta, by the way. Um, And it said that each individual third floor window shutters are nailed shut with nails blessed by the Pope, uh, though some residents have claimed to see those shuttered windows fly open of their own accord. I have an addition to that story for you. Oh. Vampire hunter nuns. Shit! Shit! (laughs) What was it? Hillbilly vampire hunter that we... (laughs) Oh, yeah. The South will rise again and again. (laughs) Yeah, he's killing Confederate uh, zombies. Yeah, or vampires. Uh, God, what would the tagline be for vampire hunting nuns? I'm sure that's been done before. I'll I'll uh, workshop some some taglines. Yeah, the writer strike is over, so at least we can work on that. Yeah. So the tour guide warned us that while the convent is now a museum and very nice and you can go in there and look around, you should not ask them about the vampires in the attic. <laughs> probably good advice. They have had people escorted out. Yeah, I get, I, they probably don't think that's very funny. It's kind of like going to a sorority house at Florida State University and asking about Ted Bundy. Just, yeah, maybe don't do it. A little sensitive. I get it. So we're going to end this mini with a spooky story that the (gasps) tour guide told us. Yes. Because as far as I know, like the the story that I just spent the last, what, 15 minutes telling you is like mostly historically accurate. More or less. Yeah. More or less. Um, So in 1978, two female paranormal investigators camped out directly in front of the old Ursuline convent, which you can go to to this day. And I have pictures of it. Um. They'd previously been kicked off the property itself for loitering and probably asking about vampires. Probably looked like hippies. Looked like looked like hippies too. Yeah, 1978 paranormal investigators. Um, so no one. Oh, but they decided to stay the night out on the street and see if anything happened on the third floor. No one knows if they saw anything because the women were found the next morning sprawled out on the steps of the church next door to the convent, mangled and completely drained of blood. Oh Jesus. I cannot find any police reports or news stories to back this up, but who the fuck cares? Look, ghost stories you hear on spooky ghost tours live in this liminal space of probably not true, but you don't care because that's not the point. The point is that they're a spooky story. Correct. So we're just going to accept it. And they also 
couched it in I learned about the casket girls, which is a real historical thing. So there you so go. So you learned something and you got scared. That's the whole, that's the podcast. And I got to buy one, get one for hurricane. Did not Winter's taste all. like, yeah, it did not taste like there was rum in there. It was a lot of red juice. I'm sure they uh, mix them uh, generously. Here's the thing. Uh, we stopped by that bar the next day because we knew they had a bathroom that we could use and I got a rum and coke. Uh, it was $5 and it almost killed me. I'm not unconvinced she didn't just pour rubbing alcohol in there, though, but eh, it is what New are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> I had some delightful alcoholic drinks there. Uh, anyway, so that's the story of the casket girls and, and vampires maybe coming to New Orleans. Um, I have another vampire story that I'll save for another time. Um, but that was also good. I got a lot of good stories. So we have we have mini <laughs> fodder for, for days. months. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week. Uh, and don't get on a boat with any vampires. Bad idea. Bye. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.